If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the place where you listen to this awesome podcast on video game development and the lifestyle thereof. I am Larry Charles, one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team. And if you know how to do math, half, two, I'm by myself, psych, came here with my man on my right, Mr. Mr. Rock the Mic, Mr. Brandon Fam. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Brandon Fam rocking a temp mic, as you can hear right now. <laughs> Please welcome our special guest this week, Joey Betts. Joey. Hey, everyone. How's it going, Joey? Hey, Joey. Pretty good. How about you guys? Good, man. Doing well, man. Better Glad to have you. Here. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so this is the part of the podcast where we ask you about yourself, a little bit of background, where you're from, where you're now, where you're heading. Just a little yeah. preview to our listeners out there. Can you take us through your resume okay. real quick? Yeah, yeah. I'll just pull it up right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, let's see. Um, I started out, I went to a game development college. Um Sorry. That many, many people have gone to. <laughs> uh, I studied game development. I really enjoyed it, actually. Uh, I had never coded anything in my life until I got into college. So it was definitely a shocker when I went for my first class uh, and learned what coding actually was. But uh, I was actually really fascinated by it and still am today, which mm. is super surprising. Uh, and let's see. I got in to a game competition in college, and uh, one of the judges that was part of the game competition, um, you know, for coming down and you know, see, you know, talking to us, and we showed off our game and whatever else not. And uh, he uh, he contacted me afterwards, and he was like, "Hey, you know, hey, you want a job?" I was like, oh, "Cool, oh man, that's awesome." So that's kind of how I got started in the game industry. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty awesome. Talking with one of the judges, just thanking him. Um, went worked there for a while. Um, I moved on to another game company called. Um, actually, I should say, Flash at that game company. Uh, learned how to make Flash games and whatever else not. Uh, and at, once I had, you know, I felt pretty good with my skills. I got contacted actually by uh, a local game developer, game development company called Armor Games. Um, and they, you know, I interviewed with them and they were like, Hey, you know, you can, you pretty much get to come up with your own game ideas and you get to kind of, uh, develop them from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And you can, you can either have an artist or you can not have an artist. You can pretty much do the whole thing. I thought, wow, that's pretty kick-ass. I'd totally love to do that. That sounds really cool. So I ended up going after that and I was there for about five years. Hey, wow. Um, I made like, I made like over 30 games at the company. Um, games were typically like, I don't know, a couple months turnarounds. Mm -hmm. Right. If that, um, we had, we did this one thing actually where you would do, uh, we did the summer sizzle. That's what we called it. Uh, you would make one game a week for five weeks straight. Mm. Oh man. 
So you had to have a game idea by Monday, and you had to have it launched by Friday before 5 p.m. Mm. Uh, those were really tough to come up with random small little game ideas, and not only that, but also develop the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you had to code it and, and design it and make sure it was really fun. And it had to be fun and enjoyable by, like, day two. <laughs> so because the rest of it you were making levels for it and polishing and bug fixing yeah. by the other three days um, those were tough those were really really tough um after that i kind of i kind of got really bored of flash after like the last bit of bit of the time and um i ended up i ended up leaving the company i ended up moving on um and then i got a job at uh in exile uh i was there for about four years and made like wasteland 2 and uh, worked on Bard's Tale and um, what's the other one? Mage's Tale. On? Mage's Tale. That's right. The yeah. VR game. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> worked on a VR title there. Actually, <laughs> 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 worked on a VR title there for a while. I couldn't remember the name. And um, and like uh, you know various other projects that are still in development today. Uh, I only remembered it because I too have your resume right in front of me. So. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> 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 um. I met my current fiance. She's hey. she's in the house here someplace. Probably. Uh, so I met her at, at in exile, and so um, you know, made a lot of good friends there, and ended up wanting to move on as well. So um, now I'm working with Larry. Yeah, mm-hmm. lucky me. Yeah, I I go over to Joey's desk and like, hey Joey, can you help me do this? And he's like, sure, but he does all the work. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> we need to put this in the game, and then I just don't. I just sit there. <laughs> like, we need to do this. No, it's, uh, no, it's, yeah. it's good to have you, Joey. Uh, I want to introduce yeah. the the topic right now, which is the main reason why we wanted to bring you on. Not just because you're charming and your your good looks, but we really wanted to dive in on the the Flash game development and some of the early days of like kind of renegade game design, game publishing, straight to consumer through you know Congregate or some of the other sites you may have used, and maybe talk about the revenue and you know just what it was like. Like, you know, kind of gritting your teeth there because a lot of game developers might actually get their start doing some small games online. So I'd like to focus this episode kind of going through that, if you don't mind. Yeah. 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 So take us back to that moment where you win the student or where you're in the student show and some judge is like kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudging you with the trophy. Like, hey, there's a job (laughs) attached to this. What was that like? (laughs) It was it was kind of surreal because I still had like a year left of college. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was like two years into college and um, it was like a full-time course thing. Uh, I had like very little breaks. Uh, so I was like, are you sure? I mean, cause I'm, I'm going to be going to school this whole time. Are you sure you don't want something? And he goes, yeah, yeah. He's like, I mostly just want somebody to just help prototype. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, I can probably do that. Um, I still didn't know flash then. So he was having me do, uh, uh, the games in Torque script and Torque engine. Oh, Torque. Remember the old <laughs> yeah, I remember Torque. Yes. That was like <laughs> yeah. Unity before Unity. Really, yeah. yeah, they had just launched the 2D Torque engine, and oh, that's man. what we were using to make these little puzzle games mm-hmm. um, that he could then show and pitch off to you know clients and whatever else not. Um, and they were doing a ton of Flash games mm-hmm. at the time. And I asked, I was like, would it be worthwhile if I learned Flash? Because you guys are doing a ton of Flash games. And he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, sure, totally, let's do it. And so I, I bought a book. I bought a, like an action script three cookbook of the story. <laughs> like Sam's and, 24 hours to yeah. flash. 
<laughs> I started going through all the all the little examples and whatever else that, and I did one example and I showed it to him, and he was like, "Ah, looks like you're good enough." Oh, I was like, oh, "Shit, okay, cool." <laughs> so he threw me into this game development stuff like right early on, and not only that, but it was game development for uh, the little like the Sony Milo device. I don't know if you remember that. Oh God, it was so old. It's like the first touchscreen phone that they ever oh, man. Like, wow. started making. Gotcha. Uh, you could Google it, but they we started making games for that. And not only was it it not only was it Flash, but it was also Action Script Two, and it was also for a mobile device. So I got thrown headfirst into like some crazy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily, it wasn't like crazy games. It was like it was like solitaire and like a match three game, <laughs> like right. simple little things like right. that kind of early on i started that company i ended up doing a lot of um client-based games like you know clients would come in and they'd be like hey we want to promote such and such you know can you help provide you know such and such game mm-hmm. that to go with it and so um yeah i, I got really kind of tired of that because client <laughs> games are really tough <laughs> why so they have some they have some like uh, some unruly demands for things oh, okay. that are just deadlines yeah. and you know, crazy yeah demands yeah. well it's, you know they they want like everything in it and you're like yeah, right you don't really have the budget for that mm. so it's gonna be on milo yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> no one will hear about this phone yeah. years from <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, i have a question like what are the biggest things that totally poked out is like you said five years at this place and we'll go back to the whole experience real soon but five years at any place is like a lifetime <laughs> in the game industry. Yeah. Was it just like a, a very sustainable company? And what was it about that place that was super, you know, well run to last that long? It it paid really well. I'm not gonna lie, uh-huh. it paid really well. But I think the thing that kept me going on it was that I had the freedom to just create and design my mm-hmm. own things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a lot of feedback and input, of course, from obviously the owner of the company and the head of game development that were there. Um, but it was mostly just like a you know a normal sort of game development sort of thing. You were designing something, and they would give you an idea, and you're like, "Oh, that's perfect. Let's do that." For the most part, you from start to finish, you would do the whole thing, mm-hmm. develop it, and you know, I think that's that's where I learned a ton of stuff, like. Uh, you learn how to do just simple AI or even just you learn how to just try and optimize for mobile mobile devices or not right. mobile devices, but for web browsers. Sure, yeah. You're practically mobile, but they were like web browsers and you had to optimize for them. Mm-hmm. And you learned a lot of like a lot of little tricks here or there. Um, and I think that's what kept me going with it. Right. But but again, after five years, I got really kind of tired of it. I kind of. Right. Of course. You know, like that. But like Flash was Flash was dying. You know, right. So there was a, it was kind of on its tail end. And so I kind of wanted to get into that sort of, kind of want to get into like Steam games and console games. You know, I hadn't quite mm-hmm. done those yet. So I kind of really wanted to get into that a lot more. So, yeah. There, there was yeah. a period where Flash games were so hot. Like, it, oh, when yeah. I think about Flash, I always see those stick figure fighting little yeah. Flash as, as a <laughs> Tilvec. But like, um, it, it, it was, I think it was like the father to a lot of these uh, indie games nowadays. Of course, Nintendo is the grand 
grandfather, but like there was a period where websites had these flash games that was super accessible and people were playing on internet browsers and and it was just yeah. like very very uh game oriented and not really too much on flashy graphics or anything like right. that. You didn't have the power in it's, Flash to do really flashy graphics. Right, right. So it was the essential. Yeah. <laughs> so my question is like when you, you did five years and you know there were periods of each week having like a new idea to finish. So did you feel that was an advantage versus let's say um, your colleagues uh, that were working at other places that you were pretty much being tested and failing fast on a lot of things and kind of like going through game development cycles way, way more <laughs> than, than your colleagues at the same time. Yeah. Uh, you had the actual like flash player and the flash tool gave you a lot of freedom to do stuff really fast and to rapidly iterate on. There was very short compile times. Um, you can do all of the animations and the graphics right there in the editor. Um, so to iterate on, on like little things here or there to make stuff faster to do, um, you know, like just like if you're just making like a physics little sim, you know, example game, you know, if you were to try and make this gigantic explosion and whatever else, not uh, like in a normal modern day game or whatever, like it's, you know, right. that takes like a good week or so before you can finally get something. But in a flash case, you don't really have that. Like you don't have great graphics. So you kind of just make this little dead simple explosion with, you know, the flash animator tool. Hmm. And then you pop it in really quickly and you just iterate on it. And I think that's why a lot of game design ideas that came out of that out of the flash game industry were so were so just like cutting edge sometimes mm -hmm. they were just unique and different because you could iterate on it and it was all about gameplay yeah i, I were hooking say. somebody for the first like five seconds of their like attention span <laughs> and if you could hook them uh you could keep them for just as long as you could but you had to have like um in fact our, our head of game development always gave me the 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 tip that your second most interesting thing in the game should be within the first few seconds of right. gameplay. I feel like um, the flash games are like a lot of the precursor to the app games, at least the early ones. Flappy Bird comes to mind. You know, even yeah. Angry Bird and all these other games, they're very minimalist when it comes to graphics. Now it's kind of different. They're everyone's shifting towards higher. But I feel like the the good ones that stand out are are very gameplay focused and, and and owes that a lot to the flash game errors. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned yeah. Angry Birds actually because the um, I made a game called Crush the Castle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he has this in his diary. No, no wait, hear this listen to the story though. I listen to so this. I made a game called Crush the Castle oh, no. way back in the day. And uh, it was based on another game called Castle Cloud. Okay. We bought the rights to Castle Cloud. We paid for everything. Uh, so I made this game and it did it did extremely well like yeah. for the company and we were like oh this is amazing oh my god so I made uh, I made that version I made like I think three or four sequels uh -huh. out of this um, we also made an iOS game mm -hmm. when we launched the iOS game I think it was 
like really, really shortly after Angry Birds came out. Uh. And Angry Birds, uh, when it came out, um, had like the tags in the code for Crush the Castle. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, they had all the tags in the code and whatever else not uh, for Crush the Castle. Uh, as you know, as it, like because Crush the Castle, it was doing pretty well in the iOS. Yeah. We were like, oh, this is awesome! But it's it did nowhere near what Angry Birds did. Because once Angry Birds took off. It yeah. took off big time. Yeah. So, Yo, we just interviewed <laughs> a lawyer like two, two, two episodes ago. <laughs> we can make the He's connection. Still within the vicinity yeah, well, of our airwaves. So, the. Uh, is there nothing you guys can do? Really? That's no, like, it's like uh, it's, This is our code right here. This is like. This is the, the hard part with working in Flash games is that it's like me and an artist and like the owner of the company. And like, it's. Yeah. We were kind of a big company, but we were nowhere near as big as Rovio by the time they grew right. grew as big as they did. Man, you know, um, you know and what? Not like that, but it's different yeah. enough. I gotta it's say, like, I gotta say they this had, though: like, a, a slingshot, and we had a, a trebuchet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the, different. But the thing is, though, right? Like we, I as a game designer, I've been given so many case studies of you know, stick to your guns and keep making games because Rovio made fifty-two <laughs> games before they made Angry Birds, and then they got a hit. And so I'm sitting there thinking, like, <laughs> yeah, just keep on <laughs> chugging. But really, it's make fifty-one games and then steal. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> look at fifty uh, games so and take what you can uh, use. I found out. I found out a few years later uh, that I guess they had a prototype of something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, and they played Crush the Castle and changed the prototype. Yeah, they said it was close. I think it was talking. I, I wasn't talking to him. I heard this from somebody else. Sure, sure. The guy. Yeah, yeah. It's a story that's been told over and over. <laughs> so Fortnite, they, they that's exactly <laughs> Fortnite Battle Royale, people. This is uh, it's yeah. been done. This is like textbook stealing. Yeah, that's my one claim that's, to fame. Oh my god, that hurts, Dude, Joey. You you are in another dimension. You're a multi 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 millionaire in another yeah. dimension, <laughs> right? In an alternate yeah. in an alternate reality stream. <laughs> yeah, but hey, hey, don't worry. Good things are coming your way, brother. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Nah, we made good money at the day at the time, so you know I can't complain. And not only that, but like it's kind of an honor for like your little dinky flash game that you mm. made to be picked. Yeah, as like some great mobile game that came out of it. So I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And you know, games get stolen all the time. Not that that's comfort, <laughs> but no. like <laughs> you know, it's it's just par with the course. And you know, I actually really yeah. like Angry Birds. Yeah, that's iOS, man. That's yeah. how that's how they do things. It's just uh, well, let's talk about the finance and the revenue side of it for a moment. Uh, especially, you know, kind of coming out of school, getting into mobile game development. You said it was yourself, you know, an artist and, you know, another person kind of working on these projects together. That sounds like a great team for, you know, young entry level game developers to kind of get out there and prove themselves. You can build a resume pretty fast. But, you know, in the event that, let's say, those teams, you and the other two people were your own company. Right. And you were making these games. Would you guys, if everything was the same, it's just that the money went to you, were you guys going to be, you know, profitable right away? Did it take a couple of games to kind of start building up some steam? I mean, what what kind of revenue were we looking at at the time, if you don't mind me asking? The, let's see. You know, I worked through the company. So, you know, we had a revenue that came in from um, from the website, from mm-hmm. Um, 
So all of our revenue came in from ads, okay. selling ads on the website. But, you know, we were we were obviously a publisher and we had our own site, and so we would put our own we would put these other games that are out there on mm-hmm. it. Uh, you could make for let's see, early on you could make, you know, a few thousand, okay, a couple thousand dollars, okay, on a good game. Um, when it reached its peak, uh, the top top games were making like insane numbers of money. Mm. Angry Birds um, money. No, not quite Angry Birds money, but like in comparison, <laughs> well, like, it was like pre Angry Birds money. <laughs> Between a thousand dollars, like you would make, you would make probably I don't know, like thirty or fifty thousand dollars in yeah. some of them. Yeah, like for a single game. Wow. But if you were, if you had spent a year developing that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, let me ask this then. Doesn't quite cut the bank. Did any of your one week sizzle games like? just take off and explode. You know what I mean? Were any of those... Oh, see, yeah. now we're talking. Now we're talking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I made a game called uh, Demolition City, and it was it was basically you just had like a little physics a physics puzzle game. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, you had a little tower of some sort that I would build in these little... in the little, you know, editor, and you would place dynamite and try to take the tower down. Mm-hmm. Right. And you would try and take it underneath a like a rubble line that I had defined, mm. and then you would you know you'd win and you go on to the next one. Uh, it took me like a week to make that game, and it took off and it got really really crazy. It got like got like two million plays or <sighs> something like that within Damn. a couple of weeks. Uh, some really crazy crazy ass numbers and nice. so, uh, yeah, it, it took off. That's got to feel good, Joe. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, every time you got one, every time you got a hit, it was great, and every time you didn't get a hit, you were like, "Ah, oh, jeez." Oh. <laughs> well, it's only been a week, so. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well this, yeah. well, this is the thing, right? With flash games, I feel like with its limited tools, it it kind of helped because we have engines nowadays that can do a lot of things, but lack the self discipline. Well, it 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 uh, depends on the discipline on the like, artists or the developers, and I feel like. The opposite problem is way worse where you're spending three years to five years trying to put everything into it because the engine allows you to. And, you know, it, it plops. And by regular standards, it might be still a hit, but because of the development time and everything, it just crushes you. So, and like, I, I do feel like Flash and all these other simpler ways to prototype is really lacking in the bigger studios or mid studios, even the smaller studios, they completely just skip that process. in a lot of times, um, do you feel what, what would be the flash equivalent nowadays? Is it the app store and is it unity? Like what exactly if you were to replicate your experience in those flash days and start now, what would that be? it's that's super tough i know i know there's quite a few um developers that are still out there doing either flash games or they're doing it with uh, webgl mm-hmm. um, the new latest and greatest that was supposed to kill flash <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know i unity is pretty is pretty fast to iterate on um mm-hmm. They do a lot of stuff, especially 2D, 2D Unity or whatever. They do, they do some really, really good stuff. 
to make some really quick games. Mm-hmm. The mobile space, right. um, the mobile space is really tough. Mm-hmm. Right. There, the mobile space in particular, too. Like with flash games, you had I don't know maybe one or two weeks on the top front page of a very large website like Congregate or Armor Games or Newgrounds. You had maybe one or two weeks to get as many hits as you possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was it. And then your game was done. So the mobile space is kind of the same way, but mobile space, because it is a much harder, there's a, large, a larger barrier of entry to get into it, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. And not only that, but it is extremely flooded. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only way you get to the top front page is if you're good versus I guess even congregate was the same way for a while if a, if a game started taking off then it would get it would get pushed to the front page mm-hmm. right. armor it was different because we would do you know we would pay for the for a developer and you know they would automatically get to the front page mm-hmm. um, I guess it was the same for newgrounds once a game got yeah. took once a game took off so it's kind of it's kind of the same except for Mobile games, there's a lot higher barrier to entry, I think. Flash games, mm-hmm. there was very little. You could literally upload it mm-hmm. just on a website and embed it into a page, and you can get people to play it right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. On a mobile right. game, you have to download the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, that could be like a few, you know, a few hundred megabytes in some cases. Right. Is there anything you think that we can do, though, to kind of solve some of the issues with getting seen in mobile? You know, because people obviously still love downloading mobile games and playing mobile games together. And once enough people find out about one, they flock to it. You know what I mean? Like any any game that Ellen talks about still sells out for years. Yeah. Like people are still playing Words of Friends and draw something and whatever that game is where you put it on your forehead and you try to guess. I forget. <laughs> Heads up, I think. Up, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I guess, is there anything that you can think that the iTunes store or the, the Android marketplace could do to kind of make it a little more fair and a lot less wild West, anything goes. Honestly, that is, like, if there was something that was super simple, they would have done it already. Mm, right. I mean, it's, they've been out for a really long time now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's tough because like they're getting inundated with a ton of content. Mm-hmm. So the best the best case that they can do is just hope that something starts climbing. Right. In the, you know, and so you're 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 betting a lot on whether or not there's like there's customers that are out there that are you know actively looking for the latest hottest you know games that got launched or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they're going on some uh, you know on some other channels that's you know that give them promotion or whatever else not some other websites that give promotion to these mm. new top apps. Um, but otherwise like it's, it's almost impossible, honestly, like, like if you don't have the money to sort of advertise your own product mm. uh, or to promote it in any way that mm. there's no way to get noticed on a, a, a place like the app store, yeah. unless you go, unless you can literally just pay Apple directly mm. and just say, put my stuff on the front page, please. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure they don't do that. <laughs> right. Bribing. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Pretty sure they don't do that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like that's, it's an extremely tough space to get involved in unless you are like King. Mm, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> which every time they launch something or whatever, it's because now they have the brand and the name, they can pretty much right. just promote it in any of their other super popular apps. And who did King get bought by recently? I, didn't they get bought? Activision. Was Acti- yeah, that's what I thought. Activision. All right. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah. I remember back in the day, they were King.com. They were a competitor for Flash game websites. Mm-hmm. Like a long ass time ago. And. And, you know they, you know they did pretty well, but I, we always felt like we did much better. And then they got a small <laughs> home games, yeah. and and they all took off from there. Well, Joey, a lot of these. Sorry, one question, real quick. Do you feel like a lot of these iOS heavy hitters were Flash game developers at one point? Some were. They're starting with. Their... Yeah, um, I know. Uh, what was the other one? The Farmville one uh the zynga is that zynga yeah and so they they obviously did facebook games for a while there right right, Uh, right. and so they uh that was kind of kind of last year or two before i left the flash game industry but they uh yeah they started going around i remember being at a conference too and one of the zynga guys they were hiring like crazy and they were trying to get all these flash game developers and they came over to me and my boss and then my boss's boss um, and was like, hey, you guys looking to get hired by <laughs> Zynga here? We're looking for developers. And we're like, uh, no, no, we work for Armor Games here. And he goes, yeah, you know, I own the company. <laughs> and he goes, ah, who knows, we might buy you one day. And then... It's <laughs> 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 the weirdest story. Like, I, yeah. they, they were such on a, a hiring craze then. Right, so right. Well, Joey, actually, I designed a game. It's a pretty cool one. You want to play? Am I working on it right now? Uh, no. <laughs> this is a, this is more like a, a quick little indie mobile game. It's, okay. it's played on podcasts everywhere. <laughs> oh, perfect. Uh, or at least two of them. So this game is called The Fast Five. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you five rapid-fire questions, and I'm going to need five rapid-fire answers. Are you ready to play? Sure, yes. All right. Question number one, what's your favorite mobile game? Oh, God. Um, Sushi Cat. Okay. I made it. (laughs) (laughs) Question number two. What's your favorite crunch food? Crunch food. Tacos. All right. Question number three. What's a game you wish you had more time to work on before it was released? Oh, God. Uh, So many, honestly. Mm. Like every single damn one of them, honestly. There's, there's just too many. There's no way. All right, no problem. That, we'll we'll accept that. Judges say yes. Yeah, you guys know this. Uh, question number four: What's your absolute favorite terrible movie? Oh, favorite terrible film? Yeah. Oh God, uh, I just watched one yesterday that I I can't pick a favorite one because there's too many. But I just watched one uh, yesterday. It was the the land that time forgot with Doug McClure. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's not necessarily terrible. I shouldn't say it's terrible, but it's really well done yeah. for its time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's about all I'll say. <laughs> uh, and now this question actually comes from a, a guest we had not too long ago, Mr. Norman Wilson. He says, "What do you feel if you could change something about yourself from back in the day that you you know now knowing and being smarter, you wish you could have done sooner? What positive change would you have liked to make for yourself back in the day now knowing what you know now?" Wishing you could have done it sooner. 
Oh goodness, that's not really a rapid fire question. <laughs> it's like a deep, yeah. Well, yeah it's what he asked. <laughs> um, goodness, you know, I, I unfortunately I kind of wish that I had gotten out of the flash game industry sooner. Honestly, hey. you know, for as and I, I apologize for this, but as for as much as I loved it and as much as I enjoyed that rapid iteration, I feel mm. like I didn't really grow much as a developer then i kind of got stuck in flash games for a while there and i feel like it yeah is i don't imagine you can do a lot of exploring when you're kind of under one week deadlines yeah. well it's, i mean you only do that for like five sure. weeks yeah that's that's like fair that. enough right. fair enough. but you were under pretty you know strict deadlines i think oh. the thing that that i got frustrated with was that i just I, as like a coder and you know doing a lot of programming i never really got into any sort of like um any low-level programming that I do, like nowadays, mm-hmm. I didn't get into that until later on mm-hmm. in life. I got to do mm-hmm. only Flash games mm-hmm. for a while. Mm-hmm. And as, for, as much as I loved it, doing all the design work of it, I didn't get into stuff that, the nitty-gritty stuff that I kind of like nowadays. Gotcha. Right. So, all right, Joey. Well, you've, yeah. you've successfully crossed the finish line, and uh, congratulations <laughs> to you, sir. That was a good time. Good times. Decent. I have one last question for you, though. I need you to give me a question for our next or future guest. It just needs to be game related or, you know, some, or game development or game playing related, I guess, is usually what we ask. Goodness. Um, if you had to pick your favorite bug that you've ever encountered, what would it be? Okay. Video game bug, I suppose. Oh, uh, you know, Katie did. Had a nice little grasshopper. Grasshopper, <laughs> yeah. grasshopper next. I just took my shoe. I just took care of that bug. <laughs> so this is kind of leading off of your last rapid fire question, which is always something I'm curious about, especially for someone who spent like a long amount of time at a certain company, because. Um, it's impressive, first of all, because my eyes always wander when, uh, you know, I'm at a company for uh, even for a little amount of time. I start looking what's out there, what's there. Should I make the jump or not? I mean, how much temptation? When did that finally kick in when you were at this company and what you know made you stay? Uh, you know, honestly, everybody, everybody was really cool at the company for quite a while. Um, it, it, you know, it was a really small company. There was maybe, I don't know, there was less than 15 of us and we were spread all over the, all over the world. Mm, we had a, right. yeah, we had a developer in the UK, actually a couple developers in the UK, one in Canada. Mm. And then like two of us in the, in the main Irvine office. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, or no, there was more than just two. It was two game developers in the Irvine office. And then we had a couple web developers and then obviously mm-hmm. we had a company there. Um, so it was, it was a pretty like fun, enjoyable space. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think that's why I ended up staying. The pay was great. I'm not going to lie. Like the, the, they paid really well. They, they really did. And so that kept me staying obviously, cause mm-hmm. right. uh, you know, I didn't really have a desire to look elsewhere. It wasn't yeah. something that I hated. Um, and it was only towards the end yeah. where I kind of just, you know, I got really tired of Flash. I just, I really got really frustrated. And I had some, you know, a couple disagreements with the owner, but, you know, it was just, that just kind of led me to just move on. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know? 
So, yeah. That's usually how it works. Yeah. I know. <laughs> in exchange. Yeah. In exchange. Yeah. And then, ah, it's yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Was it the majority reason why people quit is like they hate their bosses? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It starts with something like that. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. really is true. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I've had everything in my own personal experience go completely right. Like, you know, the, at a few companies that are just like, oh, man, there's a lot of wrong going on. But I've had at least a couple of places that I really liked everything. Everything was going great. And then, oh, there's an asshole. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn it. If this, so everything I'm doing is empowering uh, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, I mean, it's, it's fine. Fun. Uh, to be yeah. fair, like, it's fine if the asshole, like, you don't work with them. Mm. Right. But if you have to report to them. Yes, yes. And yes. you're like, oh, this is just yeah. so personal. It hurts. <laughs> but it's so weird. It's just like. When you go through this industry, right, there's very rare opportunities where everything goes perfect. But I guess yeah. the thing that really pushes people over the edge is like the people you're working for, especially. It's like, all right, if it was the opposite, everything's terrible, sure. But at least this guy's doing right, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might be a different story. So it's just that one thing. Yeah. So I totally get you on that. Yeah. Yeah. So how was that? How was that move over to non-Flash games? Like, was that another tough period trying to catch up and get in there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, actually. I think the, let's see, when I started out in, at, uh, in Exile, I started out as a level designer. Um, and I worked on, I worked on some, you know, just Wasteland 2, then they needed another level designer. Mm-hmm. And it was a very huge game. There's yeah. Like, many different parts moving in that game so i don't blame them they uh so i started as a level designer and i started doing a bunch of stuff you know for them we worked on i worked on the the watts level i worked on a few of the other uh what you would call it uh, missile base levels or whatever uh and uh did that for quite a while and then when we started porting over to um <coughs> We started porting over to console mm-hmm. right after we launched it, and I kind of saw a need for uh, like an engineer there. Um, and I was like, you know, I've done a lot of coding, you know, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, not that I wasn't doing coding on the level design side because I was technically doing level scripting a lot of it as well. So um, I kind of, you know, I stepped forward and I kind of was like, hey, you know, I'll, you know, let's, I'll help out, you know, mm-hmm. any any yeah. chance I get. Um, and so I ended up helping out porting over the PS4 stuff. And so I ended up doing a lot of the engineering part of that side. Nice. And I got, got really heavily into graphic stuff afterwards. Right, right. Um, so it wasn't, it, I think the, the biggest jarring part of it was having worked with such small teams. Yeah. Like whether it was just me or me and somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, to growing into this like gigantic moving machine. Mm-hmm. That just kept rolling forward over and over and over again, making mistakes, but still keeping going forward. Just right. about every game, you know. And it, so it felt like it felt like exactly what I was doing before, but now I have other people that are really talented and doing stuff. Right. And I can, you know, bounce ideas off of them, and um, or learn new cool things that they were doing, and I had no idea that that's how that worked or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So I think. It wasn't. It wasn't a huge transition, or it wasn't like a really difficult transition. It was just a very different transition right. over to them, to working in such a large company. Yeah. And it wasn't even that. You know, 
an XL, you know, they're not that large, you know, mm-hmm. like in comparison to like a several hundred game development, uh, several hundred game developers for like Rockstar or whatever, mm-hmm. working on a single game. There's, you know, I can't even fathom something like that. But still, it was like for me, from going from that one or two person team to like, you know, 15, 20, even 30 people, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> Right, right. There's too many people. What is going on? Like I made Everybody it. has their yes. own little jobs and they're all doing something. It's a, it's a, it's definitely a mouthful when it comes. To, yeah. You know, you work in a small company and somehow, you know, one, one asshole kind of creeps up. But <laughs> the potential is much more vast yeah. when you start working at a bigger company. So yeah. And I, Good, you know, and too, with having worked you know, on having been like the only, the only developer on a game and mm-hmm. wanting to just do absolutely everything by myself. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time early on trying to like let other people do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and you know, that, I think that was probably the other interesting part of it too, is like having to you know, trust somebody else to, to do something, and right. to do a, you know, to mm-hmm. do something really unique versus just me doing it right there on my own. Right. But I also really wanted to, a lot of times too, I really wanted to have my hands in everything. I wanted to know how right, that worked, right. how that worked. Yeah. Is that I just came from that. I came from that flash game set. It's doing everything on my own. Yeah. So you know, I end up like trying to learn how to do new things all do you, the time. And, do you feel like that's been a big aid though for you as you've kind of gone up and where you are now, especially you know having that extra expertise? I yeah, I think so. I I, I learned quite a bit just by doing stuff. Uh, I know. Uh, my fiance, she's an environment artist. Uh, I learned quite a bit from her. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it's like lighting a scene or uh, or you know propping out a scene and whatever else, not doing little model things here or there, I, I you know I learned a lot from that, and so now I feel like I that's the you know something that I wanted to to study and to to get better at, and I. You know, it's kind of cool. You, yeah. you end up picking up a lot of little things here or there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the most valuable skill I feel anyone that comes from a smaller studio or uh, even like an outsourcing studio that touches a lot of different projects at the same time, more so than a regular development time, the skills of being curious is so scary. <laughs> because I've met people like you before where they just – are able to pick up something and stick through it and make something out of it. And those are usually guys who end up being generalists who are just very good at doing everything. And, uh, well, the possibilities and potential grows from there and just being able to, you know, step in when the team needs you. It's just, uh, the, the ceiling for, um, being able to produce your own game just gets higher and higher. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what other advantages do you feel like coming from your Flash background that you were starting to see <laughs> around these colleagues of yours? Good and bad, right? It's like, oh, man, I thought this was how everybody was. I guess not. No. Uh, some of it comes down to game design. Is like when you make so many games in such a short amount of time span or whatever, you end up going, yeah, I've done that. Yeah. You probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, just, it didn't work out for us. You probably just shouldn't do that. You know, you should probably try like this. Yeah. Instead. It's, right. Uh, Game four, six, five told me not to do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. 
you know, just like little things like that here or there. You pick up some stuff early on too, especially when it comes to just introducing mechanics and things like that. You have very little time to get to hook players for that for the virality of like a flash game. Right. Uh, so you have very little time to do that. So if you make a really slow paced intro and stuff like that, you kind of don't really hook people as much. Right. Um, but I, to be fair, even still, like even coming from coming from flash games, we don't really have the attention span. When you go to like a console or PC game, if a gamer is, uh, has already sat there and downloaded some big old huge game, they're in it. They're in it for the long haul. They bought that for a reason. So you can kind of lead them on a lot longer, drag them out for a little bit longer by doing some intro cutscenes, stuff like that. Right. Because it becomes more like a movie experience. I can I can sort of like immerse them in my world that I have created. And here you go. It's, this is amazing. I'll, I'll let you play it. But in a Flash game, you got very little time. People are playing on their right. lunch breaks or when they have a right. short amount of time. Yeah. You don't really have like these grand vision cutscenes and stuff like that. Dude, those Flash games load up so quick that you can just click next well, one. <laughs> that's, that's the big part of it, too, is that the Flash yeah. player itself, because everything is vector graphics, mm-hmm. none of the actual, like, it's not like images and, and movies that have been saved into a file. It's literally just points of data, like, this line starts, you know, from this point and it goes to here and it's this color. Mm. So it's like, what, three variables or something like that in mm. pertaining to that. So it's really dirt cheap to load and to qu- quickly bring up. Uh, so I think that was the big part of what Flash, what made Flash take off pretty quickly, I guess, is to right. at least Flash games. Because they, yeah. they were super quick. You could two or three seconds and you were in the game. You're like, oh my God, this is crazy. And- Action script was pretty like low barrier of entry, I believe, from when I messed with it. I was able to do some basic stuff. So it wasn't a very intimidating yeah. engine to learn. I shouldn't even say yeah, engine, but you know what time. I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um Action Script 2 was pretty was pretty big for the for Flash in particular. Um because you could actually start making like legit games mm-hmm. from it. Um when Action Script 3 rolled around, they kind of like they kind of went for the Slightly better than JavaScript style of coding, and it kind of you got you got some bigger games out of mm. it. You got some more uh, powerful games out of it. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, those those yeah, you could rapidly iterate on stuff really really quickly. That's for sure. Did you did yeah. you have any? Uh, let me jump in. Do you have any stories in your life though, and where you like were recognized for a game that you worked on, like one of the flash games though, like you were talking to somebody and they're like, yeah, I used to play that game. I love that game. Yeah. Did you ever have any of those moments? Yeah, actually quite a few. Uh, any Rovio guys? <laughs> no, actually, I, I made a point never to talk to them. Cause I was like, Oh God, if I talk to them, it's just going to be, Oh, yeah. That's what we, oh. yeah uh, so it's like, Oh, <laughs> No, I was. Let's see. I had I had one that was really funny. We were flying out to GDC, the company, just a few of us in the company were, and we sat behind. We had we sat behind somebody, uh, and he ended up talking. You know, turning around and talking with the uh, with one of my coworkers that was there, and um, and they started. You know, you know, where are you guys from? What do you guys do? Um, he had, he was working over at Blizzard actually, uh, and. I remember he was like, uh, he's like, oh yeah, and he points to me and he goes, that's the guy that made Crush the Castle. And the guy's 
dude, you make Crush the Castle, man. I got to shake your hand. Hey. I was like some guy from Blizzard. But I was like, I was like <laughs> one or two years into my Flash game career. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. The guy was like super infatuated. Um, uh, another, at in Exile, a big reason why I got my job there was because of a game that I made called Sushi Cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh one of the, one of my old coworkers, uh, he had played Sushi Cat. Him and his 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 friend or whatever, and I guess they just absolutely fell in love with that game. And so that was, I guess, the big big reason why I got my job. Mm-hmm. There is what he told me later on when I started. <laughs> Congrats, man! He was, <laughs> he was so infatuated with that game. It's just little things like that. You just meet somebody and you had no idea that they liked mm-hmm. the game that you made. Yeah, I mean that's always a nice feeling, especially on these games that, you know, you're one of two, maybe you're <laughs> one on yourself. It's like, yeah, that's all me. You like this right here. Yeah. It's a different type of feeling than when you're like one of 300. It's like, oh yeah, I was, that intro was all yeah. mine. <laughs> that yeah. little two seconds. Yeah. So. Do you remember all those trees in that one level? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a different type of feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not quite the same. Yeah. 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 So, it's, it's super yeah. different. Yeah. Especially so, when you know where it started from, and you knew that right. like, the game, like before, had like was the dumbest, stupidest idea, and then you just made it somehow just work uh-huh. before the end of it, and then like somebody comes to, like that was the best game I've ever played. You're like, God, you have no idea how stupid that <laughs> idea was when I first came out with it. Right. <laughs> but you, the great thing about that dev cycle, like I can't get over that prototyping type of failing fast type of death cycle because I, I feel like 90% of games out there just completely don't figure out, oh shit, that doesn't work until it's too late. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wish um, and that, someone would come back. Like, it's really hard to... Well, like, if, if, if you're in a very big company, yeah. you obviously play it safe. Right. You do all the big moves. Yeah. Because there's no way that you would risk everybody's job for the sake of a small little prototype game. Right. Um, but I think what is really, really hard uh, is to, is that prototyping stuff that mm-hmm. a lot of big companies don't like, they don't dedicate even just the small team, mm-hmm. just a small core team to just prototype stuff to just mm-hmm. make something interesting. They just, you know, they end up playing it safe and I get it. But uh, if, if more companies would just sit there and just, just mess around just mm-hmm. you know you know you don't have to use your gigantic library engine or whatever you could use some dinky little thing right but just come up with something simple and rapidly iterate on it mm-hmm. yeah you know and this kind of goes back to you know engines are getting more powerful there's this yeah. vast amount of tools and it, it just got there's a lot of fluff going on when it comes to game development to showing the, the client or showing the publisher something and they're just not chill with with you coming in with board games and a couple of dices yeah. <laughs> to explain to them how fun this is. They don't buy on that. They need to see the flashy production values yeah. to see like how much this engine This is the million dollars we gave you, you're handing us <laughs> Monopoly. Dude, it's engine uh, buffet, yeah, so, man. It's, so weird. it's engine buffet. Have you ever yeah. gone to any one of those like all you can eat places and just yeah. like, you know what, today I'm just gonna have crab legs on a piece of ham. Like no, you go through right. every line and you pick Everything, yeah. you know what I mean? It's for developers who I guess 
us may not have as much discipline or experience, it's very easy to say, oh, and we can add PBR and we can add this and we can add that because they think the more, the better. You know, it's 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 the pros who are long in the tooth who are like, look, let's just get to the essential and let's just polish and push that out. To be fair, though, like the barrier to entry for all of the game engines, Mm -hmm. all of the most popular game engines that are out there right now are is insanely low. Yeah. Right. Like you, every single, every, like Unity or Unreal or, you know, even, even Amazon Lumberyard, mm-hmm. you are standing on the backs of giants mm-hmm. before you. Yeah. Right. Uh, of such an enormous code base and library that is still super easy to use. And even when it crashes, even when it dies down, you still have to sit there and like just lucky stars that, that how amazing it is just to get to this far. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That there are, there are like code bases with some deep level algorithms that are in there that have been around for so long that people just keep copying because it still works. Mm-hmm. Right. It still right. does exactly what it is. The fastest thing that anybody's ever made for this. We might as well just keep using it because it's still amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and right. all of those things combined just make this amazing engine yeah. Yeah. that you can just sit there and make your dinky little game with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so speaking of kind of milking the engine, right? Flash. I feel like since its inception, you know, it's been in the in the talks of a, a flash killer as well as it's like in the same room. There's always going to be another thing that beats flash. Like it, it's kind of a weird like because flash is so good, but you know maybe flash isn't so good. Like we need a replacement, it, but nothing has ever happened. Is flash that good? Where it's hard to dethrone them? Oh no way! I mean, man. they're in a weird. So- <laughs> uh, I got. I could save I Joe. I could save Joey some time on that one. <laughs> no, I, that. Oh, no. I hear it all the time, right? But Flash is still the go-to when it comes to making this type of products. So the only thing that can kill Flash would be either the browsers themselves or Adobe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they changed it to animate. And to be now, fair, right? like there have been many, many stabs uh, uh, yeah. on all fronts from mm-hmm. that. Right. Uh, now you have to like click through on like Chrome or something like mm-hmm. that to get any sort of flash um, yeah. at all to play. So, right. so I mean that that just kills an enormous amount of of People. like your user base already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only the hardcore, the most hardcore, are going to sit there and load up your game. Yeah, I got to click yeah. twice. Was it? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, it's a big deal. Yeah, like, it is. Because coming from experience and all these things, if you have to make the players click too many damn times. Yeah. To get to your game, oh, forget it. Like, they've yeah. already lost their interest. Wasn't Steve Jobs, like, didn't allow it on the iPhones for, for a while because of that? that? Yeah, that was the biggest the biggest hit, uh, and uh, that was right at its peak where it finally tipped and was finally on its tail down. It was competing with its app store, I think. That was probably one of these. Well, other potential threats, too. No. No, I think there was some other deep level stuff that he had against Adobe in particular. Yeah. If I had to guess. Uh, and there was some, yeah. And so, you know, he really, really hated like the flash player or he probably had one of flash player probably just crashed on him that day. Fuck this. Ah, you know, so he, he finally just said no to it. And that was it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like from then on, it kind of just started tailing off. Very slowly, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and as of recently, like they've, I think Adobe, like they dropped Flash uh, in the name of their tool. Now it's called Adobe Animate. Yeah. I think they they're not mm-hmm. supporting 
they stopped doing new updates to the Flash Player a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, only like security patches and things like that. Um, yeah, it was yeah slowly but surely. But I think the, they dropped yeah. the entire team internally too. That was a pretty oh wow mm-hmm. blow. Like yeah. all the team was doing brand new tech and all that stuff. They made uh, Stage 3D, which was a low-level um, OpenGL uh, API that you could use to do three-dimensional games, 3D games in Flash. Mm-hmm. It was insane because once you got it up and running, it was ridiculously fast. Right. But um, after that, they kind of just dropped it. They kind of just they took the whole team and distributed them to other things mm-hmm. with the other company. And yeah, you just never saw any updates after that. But there's this thing called HTML5 that's out now. Yeah. And yeah. that's uh, if you spend time to learn how to use it, I, I believe you can find yourself a decent replacement for Flash. I'll say decent. Yeah. N- not all the same features. And, <laughs> you know. Uh, the sad part, too, is that it still has the same overhead that any other modern day game has, where you have to load up an enormous amount of textures yeah. and wave files yeah. and or MP3s or whatever it ends up becoming. Um, in order to play the game, mm-hmm. so your load times are insanely high. They're not. They're not scale. They're not the the which I'm call it the SVG you know format or whatever. SVF, uh, SWF, and all that stuff. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not. They're not any of like the the scalable vector graphics. I think is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The uh, they're not any of those. They're uh, so it takes forever to load it, and yeah, it's 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 not as good. Yeah. It's not like the so I'm saying. <laughs> Flash is still there, man. People talk to us. So. Yeah. Yeah. I always wonder too, like if any of my games are still playable. I haven't really checked. I was gonna ask oh, you that. Like, oh, do you wow. ever go back into the archive <laughs> yeah. and play Sushi Cat or any of your old uh No, not as much. Crush the Castle. It, it has been uh it's been like over five years or something like that. <laughs> I have, I have, it's probably on on Rovio's website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they would steer clear of that. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta remember there was that old GDC talk where they uh, the Rovio guys were up up in the front and they were talking uh. and uh, and some guy comes up to the podium and asks him, he's like, "Hey, uh, what physics engine did you guys use?" And they're like, "Oh, we use Box 2D." And he goes, would you mind giving credit to that? And he goes, yeah, if the guy, you know, really asked for it, he goes, yeah, I'm the guy that wrote the box. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he goes, I think the guy said, like, come talk to me afterwards or something like that. Uh, yeah, of course. Oh, look at that. Of course. Of <laughs> course. Come talk to me after. And then you never make it through the crowd. You never make it through the crowd. What an effort. So funny. Loved it. I have to say, yeah. Joey, I, I appreciate your attitude knowing this whole story. Like, I probably would have handled it very differently. Even at the time, I, I, no internet, no lawyer, no nothing. I would have been... Now, this isn't like a backhanded... Ins- I'm just saying, like, you really, you know, you've you've grown. I can tell that you're laughing yeah. about the situation. You've handled it very well. You've got poise and, and good character in the sense that you're like, eh, you know... It, they did what they did, but I'm still here. I'm making good games. I'm moving forward in my own career. Yeah. 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 Larry and I are a lot weaker. <laughs> <laughs> I would move over to wherever they are, somewhere in Europe. Yeah. And I'll just like park in front of their parking lot. I know. Somebody told me you should just go work for Rovio. You should just go. Why? Work. <laughs> Why? They stole your game. I, I don't even know. They don't have more. 
I guess I have the patience. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I made one. Yeah. What, what do you think they would you know do if, like, like... You know what that's like? That's, like, how uh, Epic stole Battle Royale, right? <laughs> and, and now Player Unknown is paying 5% yeah. <laughs> for their engine yeah. use. That's how that would feel. It's like, no, yeah. you would not want that. And then he goes and applies. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was like, I already made that game. Yeah. I made yeah. five of them. I don't yeah. want to make another one. Yeah. I've done that one already. Yeah. If, if anything, I'll give Ravio some credit because I'm not going to just bash on them all day. Is I think one of their interesting touches was just the characterization of, you know, adding the birds and building that brand sure. around that fun gameplay mechanic. A lot of that helped, too. Uh, oh, yeah. But, yeah. you know, you paint a stolen car, still a stolen car. That's... <laughs> 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 yeah, even if it's a bird. Oh well, Joey, is there uh, anything anything else you want to say to future game developers who are thinking about starting small? Because I'm going to ask you one last question myself, unless Brandon has one more uh, about starting small. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. So that's the best I can do. Keep the idea as the most purest form that you could possibly imagine. Um, yeah. I, I I hark back to uh, when I was doing when I was doing a lot of games. I really wanted to make just one button games. Mm-hmm. You just press one button and it does everything for you. Like down well. Um, yeah, yeah. A, a, a decent amount of that is because. What I always assumed when people were playing Flash games is they have a sandwich or something in one hand. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments, then you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch. You can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained.